Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of Kayla. Good morning, everyone. I greet you all with the love of the Lord on this joyous day. It's Christmas Eve, everybody. It's Christmas Eve. And this is a, a real privilege and a real honor to be before you today talking about Christmas and the reason for the season, our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving honor to whom honor is due, I am grateful for our pastor, PD, Pastor D. Wayne Wright, the shepherd of this house. Give it up. Go ahead and give it up. Yes. Thank you to PD gently nudging me into the pulpit. I stand before you today. And also grateful for our first lady, Lady Courtney Wright. She does so much in front of and behind the scenes. And I am honored to worship with you and have access to your leadership and your wisdom. Thank you always to mom Jackie as well for the solid foundation this church was built upon and your model of grace and beauty. And I honor the entire first family. I also have to honor my family, my husband, uh, Greg, who helped me through my studies here. He's preparing the food. Uh, so thank you, Greg. And I also have to give honor to my mother, who's here as well. <laughs> because without her, I would not have the foundation that I have today due to her diligence and her love for God and forcing me to go to church every Sunday. <laughs> All right. Kisses to my girls. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, today I'm here to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> the, and I want to talk about the very significance of Jesus's birth and what it means for all of us. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for sending your son into this world and giving us a chance at reconciliation with you. We know the importance of Jesus's birth, life, death, resurrection, ascension, and thank you for thinking of us. We thank you for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. He is our gift, and we are so willing to accept him. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay. I got my little clicker here. Can everyone see this? Yes. Everyone can see it? Okay. So, on Christmas Day, as we just went over with the kids, we celebrate getting our favorite toys, right? No? What's up? What's up? No? Okay. We celebrate having off from school and work. Some of us. We also celebrate. We also celebrate. Santa and his reindeer, right? No. No? So what are we here to celebrate? The birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Gloria in excelsis Deo. So this is a popular uh, scripture that we hear all the time around this season, and I'm going to read it to you. Uh, all the scriptures are basically going to be up here. Um, I did not account for the the font size, my apologies, but you could always turn to it as well. I'll be reading from Luke chapter two, verses eight through 14. So the birth of our savior is why we celebrate Christmas and we sing songs to him about him, like 
happy birthday Jesus and away in a manger and joy to the world. So let's visit Luke 2, 8 through 14 and read what is commonly shared about Jesus around Christmas time. This was also famously quoted in the Charlie Brown Christmas special. It's one of my favorite Christmas specials. But to those in the faith, and even those who just love the holiday season, you will hear this a lot. Luke 2, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, good will toward men. Amen and amen. So let's talk about Jesus, this Jesus that we are learning about. So what do we know about Jesus? We're going to take some time to remind ourselves of some of his attributes. We know that he predates humanity. What do you, what do you mean? Well, in, in John uh, 1, was it John 1, 1, it says the word was, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, Amen. right? And Jesus, while he was on earth, he also said something they considered blasphemous when he said, before Abraham was, I am. So, what? Okay, so Jesus, he predates humanity. All right, let's, let's go into some other attributes. There's power in his name. Amen. Is there power in your name? Is it as much power as Jesus's? <laughs> Does your name have power? Is there any other name by which man can be saved? No. no? Okay. All right. We're moving on. Uh, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Whoa. I don't know anybody who's either of those things. And yet Jesus encompasses all three. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's move on. All things were created by him. All things, so this whole planet, everything in it, even all those other planets too, everything was created by him, through him, for him. Okay. Yeah. He rose from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> this is some resume. And then he saved the world. He saved the whole world. You know, that whole planet that he created through him, for him, and by him. He saved the world. What else can possibly, he's God? Oh my goodness gracious. Don't struggle with that. Okay, so um, <laughs> if, he's, if he's all of that, why would someone so powerful and immense and unsurpassed turn himself into a little eeny weedy baby bro? It's a fenceless baby. Questions that need answers, am I right? I'm right. So let's let's attempt to answer it. So why would a Jesus like that need to be born? Couldn't he just like show up? No, really, like couldn't he just just come like in, uh, down in the earth in a fiery blaze of glory and just take care of business? 
As a matter of fact, he's arguably made appearances before, like the fourth man in a furnace with yes. Shadrach, Meshach, yes. and Abednego. Yes. So he's done it. Couldn't he just like come in and do that again? But let's revisit what we know about Jesus. Oh yeah, he's OP. He's overpowered. He has the strongest of plot armor and his level is way over 9,000. The kids understand what I'm saying. <laughs> so would you crucify that Jesus? Could you, could you crucify that Jesus? No, you couldn't, you couldn't do that. If you didn't even combust from the mere sight of him or you weren't able to run in terror, no one's going to crucify him like that. And he had to be found guilty. He had to die on the cross. He had to be betrayed. He had to shed his blood. He had to be born. And he had to be born to fulfill all of the prophecies spoken of him. And he had to fulfill the law. So Jesus did just that. He fulfilled the scriptures. And these are just a few that I put up here mostly about him being born. But Jesus had to come as a baby because the scriptures spoke of his virgin birth. So for him to come and it would negate the scriptures and he's is the word. So he could not do that. Isaiah 7 and 14 says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. God actually spent time with us and dwelled among us. He didn't just come in from the sky and spend a few moments, hours, or even days. We had him for a lifetime. We have him for a lifetime. He didn't cheapen his mission, no shortcuts. He was in it for the long haul, yeah, right. knowing what was to come. Yeah, yeah. Also in uh, Isaiah chapter nine, very famously known verse six, for to us, a child is born to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful, wonderful counselor, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Yes, yes. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. And even in Micah, uh, chapter five, verse two, and this was also mentioned in Kevin's sermon last week. I believe it was at some point it says, but you Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come yes. for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, yeah. whose origins are from of old of ancient times. So you're telling me somebody's going to come, <coughs> but his origins are going to be from ancient times. So he's going to come, but his origin is from, talk about a riddle. Are you, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> so let's talk about the birth of Jesus and the law. So the Levitical law was handed down from Moses and it was a curse to anybody who was under it. Why? You had to follow the law to the very letter. You had to dot every single I, you had to cross every single T or you would be cursed. The, the Deuteronomy 7, uh, 27 and 26 says, Curse be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them. And everybody said, Amen. Oh, amen, we'll do it. They could, nobody could do it. I couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. No one. Isn't it? It is physically impossible for us to do it. No one could be perfect. In fact, it's still true that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, the person who came closest to not breaking the law, still broken. Wow. Jesus had to be born because only someone under the law could redeem those who were under the law. Amen. He had to be born. He could not appear and just show up. Jesus had to be born under the law. Yeah. And under that law, 
He lived a completely sinless life. Uh, Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. His birth was necessary. Necessary. Okay, so why would an almighty God have to keep this law? Like, why? He was, he was now, no, he was fully God and also fully man. But only Jesus could do what he did. Romans, <laughs> I keep forgetting the click, sorry. Romans 8, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 3 through 4. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. He gave us the ability to do that. Thank God. So again, why would the Lord perfectly free from the law? He was perfectly free from the law before coming into the earth as a baby. Why would he have to submit to the law? This was a form of humiliation. We know that Jesus truly humbled himself and demonstrated humility while being here on earth, especially being born into it. I keep forgetting to click it. I'm so sorry. Jesus, the scriptures say that Jesus was born empty. That's, that's tough to take in. The King James version says, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And another version said that he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. There could be a, a misconstruing, because if he emptied himself, that means he's not God anymore. No, 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 he assumed humanity. So he's still fully God and fully man. He emptied himself for us. So he, <laughs> he was born empty. We only owe it to him to die empty. Okay. And so uh, what did all of this result in? Hebrews 9, 24. Oh, the book of Hebrews is so, is, is fire. The whole book is fire, but that Hebrews. Hebrews 9 and 24 says, For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. There's the thing called the mercy seat. And so what the, the temple, the outer court, the inner court, the most holy place, Jesus went to heaven. So all those things were a representation of what Jesus was eventually going to do and then did. And Jesus did only what he could do. We couldn't do it. So thank you, Jesus, because it couldn't be done. Also, under the law, uh, still uh, under of the law, we could talk about Jesus's claim to the throne. This is very interesting. Rightly heir to the throne by birthright, by blood. Let's look at Luke chapter one, verses 30 through 30. Joel is speaking to prior conception of baby Jesus. The angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary y'all tell me you gotta tell me i gotta fix it <laughs> the angel said to her do not be afraid mary for you have found favor with god 
<laughs> you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him. We're using this now? Yeah. We're using this now? Yeah. Okay, the, the Lord will give to him the throne of Father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob for how long? Forever, ever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, we know of earthly kings, they eventually die. And then that, that kingdom is over, and then it goes to another king if they're not overtaken. But Jesus' kingdom, there's no end. Why? Jesus is not dead. <laughs> Bam, right? <laughs> yes, Jesus was born into royalty. Isaiah 9 chapter, uh, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7, this is right after he's called uh, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. It says, of the greatness of the government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on whose throne? David, King David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever, forever, ever. He won't lose the kingdom because he can't die. He did die, but guess what? He came back because death can't hold a sinless man. And so I didn't put it up here, but the genealogy of Jesus Christ is also in the Bible. Um, it's explicitly written in Matthew 1 through, uh, 1 through 17 and also in Luke chapter 3, 23 through 28. It goes from Adam and it goes all the way down to Jesus. And... He, now, did Jesus have the royal comeuppance that most royalty receives? No. But by genealogy, he was next to be, be king. It, it was a, the Jewish law that you had to be within the Davidic line in order to be king. After King David was his son, King Solomon, and after King Solomon was his son, Rehoboam. So you had to be uh, someone in the bloodline. And <clears throat> so that was Jewish law. That was Jewish custom, either by Davidic bloodline or by prophetic sanction. I, I don't have it listed here. It's huge, but the genealogies are in the Bible. You could, you could read it for yourself. And Jesus is both in the Davidic bloodline and prophetically sanctioned. Prophetically sanctioned by who? Me. Who go check me, boo? <laughs> Sorry. So now we are talking about how we, through Jesus, are royalty. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, or also co-heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we, me, we may also be glorified with him. Okay, your suffering is not in vain. We have to suffer in Christ in order that we be glorified with him. And he made that all possible by being born into this world. And there are several scriptures that point to our royalty in him. I just added a few more. In Galatians 3, 29, it says, if you are Christ's, 
then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. And in Galatians 4, 7, it says, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God has been so good to us because he sent his son and he had to be born. Another reason why Jesus had to be born. We can talk about the birth of Jesus and the affirmation of humanity. What? <laughs> we talked about this maybe a few months back. I'm not sure how far back, but hear my heart when I say this. God doesn't need us, but he needs us. Okay? A angels have, have made appearances uh, throughout the Bible to, to Mary and to Joseph in, in dreams, but more often than not, we are the ones that have to spread the has an angel come to you and spread the gospel? Has an angel come to you and said, can I tell you about my friend Jesus? Or what about, what about animals? Has, has a dog or a squirrel come up to you and said, let me tell you about the goodness of Jesus? It's us. It's humanity. We are the ones that have to proclaim the gospel to each other and to those who are lost so that they can be found, to those who don't know about the gift of God, which is Jesus. And the... The funny thing is, well, it's not funny, but the most important thing is Jesus became human to do this. He was born to do this, which means when we're born, we're born to do it too. We're born to do it too. This is our responsibility. And the scripture says, and there's so many scriptures, I only picked a few. Mark 13 and 10 says, the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. Who's going to proclaim it? We are. Humanity's going to do it. We have a shared humanity with Jesus. And Isaiah 12, 4 says, make known the deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. So let's talk about the gift of Jesus. Without Jesus' birth, we would not be eligible to receive the gift of salvation. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, very familiar scripture. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. Remember, we couldn't, we couldn't do the law. So it's not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Imagine buying a gift for someone and saying, I bought that for her. I bought it. I, bought, I gave that to him. I gave that to him. That's, uh, uh, that's not a good look, right? John 4 and 10 says, Jesus answered her. Now, this is when Jesus was at the, with the woman at the well. And he came out with this boss... <laughs> Like he's just, he, Jesus is so much. He said, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Like boss. Jesus is completely boss. Like I love it. John 3.16, very familiar passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life, and life more abundantly. Psalm 16 and 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. Living water where I don't have to thirst anymore. How many of you had that on your Christmas list? How many of you want to revise some of your, your Christmas lists or maybe even revise some of your prayers? 
the most of what's on our Christmas list, even you know, as kids, I definitely had a big old list and my parents always bought me everything I wanted on that list. I'm very privileged. Thank you, mom. <clears throat> but most of the things on the list are temporary. Okay, toys that'll eventually break or go out of style, batteries die, or that things get expired, pieces get lost, or it just gets left behind for something better. Jesus's gifts have no expiration, no battery life, never goes out of style, and guess what? It never goes out of stock. Those are the gifts that I want. He is the gift that I want. I want Jesus. Who else wants Jesus? You can get them, you can have them. You can have them. You can have them. So I'm just talking, this is a, a weird slide I did with uh, just comparing like gifts to Jesus. So like gifts, you know, when we buy gifts for people, they're wrapped, right? We always wrap it or we, we get wrapping paper with the tape, put the bow on it or put it in a nice pretty bag with the tissue paper and all of that. We always wrap it, right? Well, Jesus came. He came wrapped too. He came wrapped in the flesh. He also came wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And even when he died, he was wrapped as well. So he is the gift that came wrapped for us. <laughs> Gifts are also very thoughtful. They are not random. Like imagine just picking something up and putting it in a box, giving it to somebody. That's not giving a gift. When you typically give a gift, you are thinking about the person you're giving the gift to, and you're thinking about what the person will appreciate what, or what the person needs. Oh, I'm gonna get her. That's, it's a thoughtful thing. It's not random. And Jesus, uh, Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came with a purpose and he also gave himself as a gift with us in mind. He knew exactly what we needed and gave it to us and wanted nothing in return. I threw this in here. Some gifts require maintenance. So like if you buy somebody a bike, they'll ride the bike for a little bit and then they'll, maybe something will happen with the tire. You have to refill it. But some gifts require maintenance. Even if you buy somebody a piece of decor, you put it on the wall, but after a while you'll have to dust it and make sure that the cobwebs are not up there or you know, make sure it sticks up there sometimes. So some gifts require maintenance. And guess what else requires maintenance? The gift of salvation. Philippians 2 and 12 says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So you've got your gift, but now you know how to take care of it. If you don't take care of it, you don't appreciate the gift. Gifts are also freely received and not earned. If you earn your gift, it's a different type of transaction now. It's a loan or it's, it's, or it's a purchase or something like that, but you just give a gift freely because that's what's in your heart. And Matthew 10 and eight, this is when Jesus was speaking to the apostles. He told them, go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Who gave the apostles those gifts? He said, freely you have received, freely give. Speaking of gifts, have you accepted your gift? 
So this is now where we go into Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we're able to do that because he was born and then live that sinless life. John 1 verses 12 through 13 says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, you see where I'm making the emphasis? He gave right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. All the words I have highlighted here, they're verbs. You know what a verb is? A verb is an action word. It denotes an action. Some of you may see where I'm going with this. So reminding you, have you accepted your gift? Think about it. Jesus' birth and life qualified us to be born again. He was born so we could be born again. We are all still born with original sin. That's quite a concept, the concept of original sin. Romans 5.12 says, Herefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death throughout sin, death through sin, and so sin spread to all men, because all sin. So even after Jesus came and died on a cross, remember, Jesus was of a virgin birth. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was of a virgin birth, but before him and after him, we are still born with the original sin. This is why we have to be born again. This is why we, have, we also have to actively accept the free gift. Just because it's free doesn't mean everyone is in possession of it. In light of recent events, it doesn't, to accept the gift, it doesn't come with a cost. Jesus already paid the cost, but it does come with a condition. You just have to accept it. If I told you that downstairs and across the street, they're giving out free candy canes, and you go downstairs and you get a free candy cane, yay, you got a free candy cane. But if you go downstairs and say, eh, I don't like candy canes, the candy canes are still free, but you didn't take it. And if I didn't tell you that there were free candy canes and you didn't see the sign on the, on the door or anything like that, you could just walk away. The candy canes are still free, but you didn't get the candy cane. Am I making myself clear? That's why it is so important to tell people that there are candy canes. You know what I'm really trying to say. We have to evangelize and tell people about the free gift that is available to them. If they don't know, they can't get it. And we can't wait on somebody else to tell them about the free gift that is available. It's free. Go get it. Let me tell you where you can get it. Let me show you where you can get it. And let me show you what I'm doing with mine. Let me show you with what Jesus has done for me. That's called witnessing. When you have a gift, you wear it. When you have a gift, you take care of it. When you have a gift, you know what to, you maintain it. We need a savior. We need the savior, I should say. Jesus is God's gift to us. To accept the gift is free. Not to accept the gift is what's costly. 
John 3.16 says, whoever believes in him should not perish. But if you don't believe in him, then you will, I, it's just, you, you said it. John 3.36 says, he who believes in the son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the son shall not see life. You won't see those pleasures forevermore. You won't see the fullness of joy. But you will see the wrath of God abiding on you. We talk about God who is loving and merciful and kind, but we can't talk about that without talking about the fact that he is also just. And he had that law and that law had to be fulfilled. And he's just. I have the fire up here because there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. We can't talk about the gospel without talking about the fact that we are born sinners and we need Jesus. Period, point blank, the end. Deuteronomy 30 and 19 says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose, and that's another action word. Choose life. So Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> I have this next slide up here. I don't really need to, I just, took some of the symbols from Christmas that you typically see, like the tree. Like while you're decorating a Christmas tree, look down and make sure the ax isn't about to cut you down. Because Luke says, oh, the ax is already at the root of the tree. While you're throwing logs into the fire, make sure your soul is secure. And perhaps make sure that you know somebody who doesn't know Jesus and, and go and tell that person about Jesus so that they are not thrown into the fire. While you're singing Christmas carols, make sure you are evangelizing about the greatest gift ever born. That's Jesus Christ. And while you're getting your Christmas fruit cake, make sure you're bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. Amen. So here are some, here are the takeaways. The birth of Jesus. He was born under the law to redeem those under the law. He was born so we could be born again. He was born with legal right to the throne, which makes us co-heirs with him. He was born human and we have a shared humanity with Christ. You know, he went through it. He went through it. He was betrayed, he was beaten, he, was, he went through it for us. And then had the nerve to say, to, to refer to his, his apostles as brothers. Like he, he had that, like he had family and use the term like brothers, we share humanity with him. And that validates our humanity. Jesus had to be born, he had to be human, he had to be wrapped in that flesh in order to do what he did. You are born for a specific reason as well. And you are a gift to someone as well. And also, Jesus was born fully God and fully man via the virgin birth. We have to make sure that that is out there. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a Merry, Merry Christmas. And just remember, your Christmas cannot be merry without Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. This is a time where we want to take the time out to just do some introspection. Ask yourself for real, did you accept the gift? Because if you haven't accepted the gift, now is a great time to do it.
if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you know, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you can raise your hand and you can make a declaration today that because Jesus was born, I want to be born again. If that's you, you can raise your hand. And also, if you feel like you haven't been taking care of your gift, if you feel like you haven't acknowledged the gift of Jesus in you, maybe you're backslidden, you know, and you want to get right, you want to get right back to where you right back in alignment. Well, let me pick up, let me pick up that gift. Let me dust it off and let me take care of it again. If you feel like you've been backslidden, you can raise your hand too. We will be happy to pray for you on this Christmas day. We'll be happy to pray for you. And if there are those who have actually never received uh, the Holy Spirit and speaking in the gift of tongues, the, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. We didn't talk too much about the Holy Spirit today, but if you're interested in learning and getting a prayer language, you can raise your hand too, and we'll be, we'll be here to pray for you. And if there's anything on your mind, anything on your heart that's troubling you, if you have sickness in your body or you just want prayer, on this Christmas Eve, we have ministers here who will be able to minister to you. If that's you, you can raise your hand as well. For those who are viewing, let's say a prayer. For those who are viewing and watching us, you may not have accepted Christ. This may be the first time you've heard of it. Maybe nobody told you about the candy canes, but now you know. And so let's say a prayer together to accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son to be born in this world, to live a sinless life, to die on the cross, and to be resurrected. I admit I need him in my life. And I choose to accept him this day in my heart. Thank you, Lord, for making me new, for giving me the gift of Jesus. I turn away my old ways, and I am a new creature in Christ. I admit I was a sinner and needed to be saved. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. You are the greatest gift of all. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 1854, Perth Amboy, New Jersey 08862. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. 
Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.